Amen. Okay, you want to give a lowdown of what we're going to do? No, you can start. Okay, I'm going to give the lowdown of what we're going to do. So uh, last week, if you were here, as you know, uh, Pastor Andy, uh, so we've been working through the Sermon on the Mount series, and last week was on the passage of Scripture of Do Not Worry. And all along we had planned about doing sort of a a follow-on message to something like that. And what we wanted to do is I'm going to read just a portion of that scripture. uh, And then we're just going to talk a little bit about what does that actually look like? How to not worry. So it's, it's, Andy laid a, a wonderful, Pastor Andy laid a wonderful scriptural foundation and got into seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. But we really felt like this week we wanted to give you like super practical, like I'm in the moment, my kid's swinging on the swing, I have this worry or fear or imagination that they're going to flip off, do a headstand and crash on their head and break their neck and oh my goodness, ambulances and... And you start, you know, everybody has had these sort of thoughts, right, in your mind and in your imagination. And so what do you do with those? How do you handle those? And like, what do we do about that? And so we want to share a little bit about that this morning, some practical uh, ways around that. I'm going to read, uh, Jake, I'm going to start in verse 31 in Matthew. So I'm going to just read, wow, maybe I need reading glasses too. This is at 14 font and I am actually moving it further away. Nobody laugh. Okay, no one's laughing. No, that's okay. I'm good. I can see it now. Okay, starting at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father, church, look at that, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. He already knows what you need. He's already, look, he's in tomorrow. And we've done this series about, you know, the attributes of God and God really transcends time. But he's already in tomorrow. He already knows your needs for tomorrow even before you need them. And he's working on them. He's orchestrating ways. He's doing things today to meet your needs tomorrow. And we have to remember that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many know that to be true? Sufficient for today is its own trouble. And if you do a quick Google search and ask, ask Google, or you can just go look in your Bible, but it says, how many times does God say, do not fear? How many? Come on. 365 times. Now, is that just a random coincidence? I don't think so. God has said in his word 365 times, one for every day of the year, to remind us, do not worry. And guys, worry and anxiety, it's a real thing. And one of the things we want to talk about is what we have realized scripturally, but what we realize in our own life, the more we fear and have anxiety over a certain thing, the more likely that thing actually is to happen. And you're like, what? No, this is biblical, it's scriptural, and I'm just going to take you to the book of Job just for a second, and then we're going to get into sort of what do we do instead of worry. 
Uh, but in the book of Job, and a lot of people know the story of Job, you know, he had all these things and then everything got taken away. And it was a very difficult time. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But there's a scripture in Job 3. This is Job speaking, verse 25. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. And when we look at that, we realize that, yes, there was this discussion between Satan and God and, and all these different dynamics of that entire book. But what this thing is saying here is that the thing that we fear and hold on to and latch on to and put our mind to and our focus to and try to manage around and put safeguard, all that, all that fear and worry and anxiety is actually only adding to the chances that that very thing you're worrying is going to happen. Silence. Yes, I know. It's very, it's very true. And so today we want to talk about what do we do instead of worry? What do we actually do? What does this actually look like? And I'm just going to give sort of just this one or two points and then I'm going to let uh, uh, Pastor Liz share some stories around it too. But basically, so what do we do instead of worry? And Pastor Andy talked about this last week, is we, ba- we pray. <laughs> we pray. And it's interesting that this passage of Scripture is coming after uh, talking about the Lord's Prayer. And so we, we pray. We ask God for help. We ask God, say, Lord, I am feeling this worry, this anxiety, and I don't know what to do with it. And the Lord will truly direct us, what we have believed in some of the stories we'll share this morning. He'll, I believe He will direct you in one of two ways. One, he will say, act, mean do something, and do it now. Mm-hmm. Because he will have spoken to you and it's something we need to go do. Or he will really speak to hearts and say, walk in faith. And we want to talk a little bit about what that looks like. So when we pray, we say walk in faith or we act. Those are our two actions that we have options to go do as Christians. Worrying not being one of them. Right. Although it feels like we want to, and I get it. But worrying not being one of them. And then this, this how do we know which one he's telling us to go do? Sorry, Pastor Jason, that's great. So, you, so we have this, this thought, we begin to pray, and we need to act because faith without action is dead. Or we need to walk in faith and take captive that thought and begin to walk out. How do I know which one to go do? And it really comes down to hearing from God and hearing his voice and what that looks like. Okay, so I think the scripture in Job, um, the key word there, and what I dreaded mm. has happened to me. So there's a clear distinction about being feeling afraid um, and walking in dread. Um, feeling or f- having a worry, a, you know, you, you have a worry or a care, and then n- nurturing that worry into a full-blown fear. Mm. And um, I remember... I had a real fear of home invasion, um, still not a warm and fuzzy thought for me, Um, but it plagued me for years and years and years and years, and it would keep me up at night, and um, I remember I was laying there, and I was just like, oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, because I knew that I was, this was a fear that was tormenting me, and that I couldn't get rid of it, I didn't know how to get rid of it, and I didn't know how to conquer it, and I would say Psalm 91 over and over again, and it just wasn't getting better. And um, he spoke so clearly to my heart and said, stop apologizing and fight. Mm. I was like, you don't have to tell me twice to fight. I'm a feisty fighter. Um, and so I, 
he held, I, I, he gave me a plan of what to do and I did it. Um, and it was to begin to change the imagination. You know, I would lay there and I would imagine someone breaking the basement window and I wouldn't be able to hear them and they'd be in my room. And I've told, I just told this story a couple weeks ago. So I would change the imagination into a faith imagination. And so when the burglar, the bad man would come into the bedroom, I would stand up on the bed and be, be saved in the name of Jesus. And they would fall on the ground and weep. I mean, I know. Right. But it's my imagination. I can make it, I can make anything happen. So I took authority and ownership of my own imagination and literally like within two days, that imagination stopped coming as I was falling asleep. It just stopped because I stopped the path. I mean, there's, there's neuroscience, you know, that has to do with taking your thoughts captive. Um, sometimes we put such boundaries between the spiritual and the physical and the emotional and the mental. And it, God does not operate that way. He is creator of all. And um, he, he wants us to be so integrated in all of that. But I changed the pathways of my brain. I, but I took authority over it. I began to fight. Um, and I did not let the dread of home invasion stay. Um, so there's a difference. I, I want to expel all condemnation. If you struggle with anxiety... There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. So the flesh, my flesh, wants to dig into my fear. We just um, flew down to North Carolina, and I don't love small spaces. Sorry, you guys, you guys I just tell you all everything. Um, you can paint a nice, a good picture of me. Um, I don't like small spaces. Uh, and... We were getting on the plane in Erie at 6 a.m. And I've been on planes before. I've been on small planes, and it's been fine. But this sucker was like a tube. <laughs> it was just a tube, and it was, so, it was so small. And we were like two-thirds of the way back. And I just felt it rise up in me. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Which, that doesn't help. <laughs> and I finally had to sit. And one, I don't, I don't feel condemnation anymore when those things, they have a root. I know why I struggle with that. I know when that entered. I've gone back and I've prayed through that. And I ended up, I just had to sit there and I just had to focus a minute on who God is, what his will is for my life. His, he's got a plan for my future. And I am fairly certain it is not to, you know, get stuck in the back of a plane. Um, I'm not afraid of crashing. I don't know what, it was just the space and, um, and that's how I overcome fear is I focus on who he is and on, I put it all back on him. Like I will live and not die and declare the works of God. That's what your word says with long life. You're going to satisfy me and show me your salvation. Is God true or is he a liar? Is that for me or is it not for me? And that's right there. That's the question. That's when you activate faith, you activate faith when you feel afraid and it, it, God's okay that it takes us a minute to work through it. It takes me a minute really to even realize that I'm afraid. Um, like, I don't even know yet that I'm stressed until Lila tells me, hey, mom, you're stressed. I'm like, oh, you're right, I am. Um, sometimes I get so caught up that I don't even realize that I'm afraid. But once I do, I know that I have two choices. I either can change my situation um, and take action or I need to ask myself, is God's word true for me? And what part of his word? What do I need in this moment? What part, what promise do I need in this moment to, 
take this thought captive and make it obedient mm. to that word. Mm. Um, I have done this so, so many times. You'd think I'd be fear-free. I'm not. Right. He just that goes mm. back to the word um, during communion. Like, he doesn't ever stop. He keeps finding layers of fear in my life, and he keeps going after them. And um, uh, But there's this process. So um, I'm the storyteller of this duo. Uh, one time we were in the mobile home and we were, I was looking out on the yard and a bunch of kids, um, were swinging on the swing and it wasn't a kid's swing. It was a porch swing, like a three seater and they were swinging high and it made me nervous because it's an A-frame and the swing is going. And I felt like if one of them would put their arm out the side at the wrong time, it would just get snapped. And I kind of saw that in my head and I was just like, Ooh, that's not good. So I prayed. I was like, Lord, I pray that you would protect the kids. I pray that you would protect them while, as they play on the swing. And I tried to just, cause I'm practiced at praying that prayer and then leaving it. And I will not fear. So that's my practice. So I did, you know, I prayed it. I know he is a protector. I know all of those things. And I, I went to like walk from the bedroom out into the living room um, away from the window, and I didn't even make it very far into the living room when I had this feeling. And it was, it was, it felt like fear, but it was just like, maybe you should do something about it. I was like, okay, I hear that. And I opened the door and I was like, knock it off. You're going too high. That's not what the swing is for. I need you to stop. And that was it. Immediate like relief. And I knew that it was the Holy Spirit. You need to do something. You do it. Like you do it. The Holy Spirit isn't going to appear like an angel to the children and say, that's not how it works. It's not magic. I think there's an epidemic. This isn't in the notes. Uh, there's this weird thinking that happens in faith churches or in all in churches. And it, like this misunderstanding that, you know, you pray and it's magic. It's not magic. Mm. He works through us. He works through people. He works through science. He created science. He works through yeah. psychology. He works through medicine. He works through all of the created things and all the garbage that has come in through sin and death and all of the distortions of truth. That's not of him. But we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We don't throw it all away because he created all of it, our intelligence. So in that moment, he wanted me to activate. Like, that's not, that needs to stop. Um, that being said, I'm a big, with as far as parenting goes, I believe in risk. I think helicopter parenting will harm your child. It will not allow them to grow in self-confidence. Um, and so I allow risk to happen with our children. I allow them to teeter on the edge of the pool. One, I have prayed a prayer of protection over that pool when we first moved in. I mean, a prayer of faith that no harm will come to any person in this pool. This pool is a gift of God to our family, and I receive it as a gift. I pray angels guard it, and I believe it fully. So, um, even if a kid swallows water or struggles or whatever, I'm just like, mm-mm, no. That's not a blessing. Like, no. I, I believe it so much that anything outside of that is offensive to me, and I, I won't have it, right? So I would let my little toddlers teeter around on the deep end, and my mother, I love my mother. She's not a worrier at all. Mm. <laughs> Hi, Mom. She might be watching. Um, <laughs> 
my mom would be there or even like friends would be there and they'd be like, oh, oh, Liz, Liz, the baby, the baby. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I see her. I see her. Don't lean in too far, honey. I don't like to say be careful because it's not their job when they're little to take the care. It's my job. So I don't want them to be careful in that situation. I want to point out the risk that they're taking and make them aware of the risk. Um, but it's my job when they're young to take the care. Um, so, you know, don't lean too far. That's what I'll say, you know. And then I just let them be. And my, my mom or whoever, just like, oh, but they might fall in. They might. In which case I am 20 seconds from saving them. Like, it, they will learn and they will grow. So I am about taking risks, like good risks and measured risks, um, and letting my kids experience that feeling of, oh, I'm, and correcting. And then they've learned something on their own. They have it on their own. Um, and this is something I had to grow into. A lot of our examples will be with parenting because that is the, that is the, um, that's where God taught me all the things. That's, that's where he taught me all the things was through 22 years of parenting and sanctification and healing me and empowering me to walk with power over worry and fear. I come from generations of worry and fear, um, big time. And, uh, when I was 14, I remember we lived across the street from my, one of my really good friends. And I was like, Hey dad, I'm going over to Becky's house. And he was like, no, you can't go. And I was like, why can't I go? He's like, because I said, no, you can't go. I'm like, okay. We didn't have phones, like cell phones and whatnot. And so like two days later, he confessed to me. He's like, I was really terrified that you would get hit by a car. I was 14. I mean, I knew how to cross the street. So either, you know, he saved my life. And that was like the Holy Spirit saying to say no, which I don't think it was, but that was just fear had gripped him in that moment and affected his parenting. And that's what we don't want. It's okay to struggle with worry and it's okay to be in the battle and, and struggle and grow your faith and learn how to apply it, learn how to hear the voice of God. Um, but we don't want fear to have a say so in what we choose. And that is my goal in the day to day. Um, there was a situation more recently where I was struggling with whether or not to go to a particular meeting. And I didn't have to go. I could stay home. You know, I didn't have to go. And I couldn't figure out why. What is the struggle about? And so I began to talk with the Holy Spirit, otherwise known as praying. But it, for me, it's like talking. And he's like, okay, let's do it. What are you afraid of? I'm like, okay. What are you afraid? What am I afraid of if I do go? And I made the list. I literally made a list. What am I afraid of if I don't go? Well, I'm afraid I'll look irresponsible. And on one of the lists, I don't remember which one was, I'm afraid that I'll be letting fear manipulate my decision. And that was, that was, the, that was the red flag for me. So I chose to walk in that way, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Wherever I see the fear, if I see fear at work, I rebel against it. This is the proper application of rebellion. Parents, there is an application, okay, for, let's call it sanctified, sanctified rebellion. We rebel against a spirit of fear. And so this is, I mean, this is just how I operate. What am I, what, where's the, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid if I don't let the kids participate in activities until they're 10, that maybe 
they'll miss out and then they won't be able to catch up, you know, with the skills and be successful in their sport. Okay, well, fear is not going to make my decision for me. And so I'm not going to choose that. I'm not going to bow to that fear. I'm going to hold my guns. I'm going to hold, stick to it. They're not doing sports until they're 10. Turns out Anna never danced a step of ballet till she was 13. And within five to six years was a professional paid ballet dancer. That's God. Mm-hmm. Like that's God. You trust in me. You apply faith. You stick to your convictions that have been confirmed Guys, don't get convictions in the spirit, you know, that aren't confirmed. Like, I feel strongly we should get a third dog. How do you feel about that? The confirmation is no. Is no. <laughs> That's a joke because I barely want the two dogs I have. And all the kids get so upset. Yeah. Don't make jokes about getting rid of the dogs. Oh, two is so many. I don't know why you did that. It was all him. It wasn't. It was me. 34%. I know. <laughs> so... So when you, when you are faced with fear, when you're faced with a specific worry, I feel like it's important to isolate the fear. What is yeah. it? And to pull it out in the light. So often we just start automatically. Like I said, I would, I would say Psalm 91 over and over and over again. Like that was my knee-jerk faith reaction. And it wasn't working. Right. And so instead of just keep on doing it and saying, well, my faith must not be strong enough because it's not working and blaming myself, I can say this isn't working what can I do differently? Lord, lead me. Show me. So there's this real openness with God. That's why, you know, we talked about the attributes of God. You have to trust that he wants to talk with you. You have to trust that he's on your side. You have to trust that God is good. You have to trust that God is for you in order to stand up to fear and worry, in order to do spiritual battle. You have to know that you have authority. And we've done We've done messages on authority. We've done messages on all of this because it is our heart to empower you as people of God um, to hear his voice and to be led in the day-to-day, in the day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah, There was uh, a question that the Holy Spirit posed to, to Liz, and I think... I think it's something we all should either write down or consider. And we've been doing this in almost every area of our life. And it's, the question is, is, what would we be doing or what would we do in this situation if we were not afraid? What would you, how would you act in this situation if you weren't afraid? You had no fear. What would you do at work if you had no fear? Like, and we begin to, it's a great question to ask ourselves, to really reflect back and say, wait a second, I'm acting in a way that actually is showing or I'm realizing that I'm walking in fear and anxiety in this area versus walking in faith. Um, and this, this question that gets posed, it's a great question to ask ourselves. And we, t- we go back to the pool all the time. We love to use the pool as, our, as our, you know, one of our great examples at our house. And we can say that we don't fear our children you know, falling into the pool but if our actions were like, nobody's allowed to ever go outside unless there's full supervision, there has to be five, you know, like Wegman's gate check, you know how Wegman's goes around and checks certain areas. We need people circling the property, continuing to checking the gates and making sure those are closed. And we're going to have like bumper rails at the deep end so only the bigger kids, like if those were all these safeguarding we were trying to go do, it would really begin to reflect or show like, okay guys, 
Did God really tell you to circle the property every five minutes to make sure that all the gates were locked? Or are you acting out of fear? And I think it's a great question we have to ask ourselves, you know, um, are we acting in fear? And then the other, the reverse of that, are we walking like we believe it? Are we walking like we believe God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do? And it's sort of like that's sort of a key takeaway for us. Am I walking like I trust God in this situation? Or am I trusting in my own safeguards and my own guardrails and my own things that I'm trying to go put up? And I think we're a really interesting pair because sometimes I think he's not afraid enough. You know, like we'd go to the playground and the, I mean, he barely watches them. And they, off they go up. And there are opportunities for children to fall from high heights all over a playground. I mean, I, all over. Like there's the pole they can slide down. But what if someone pushes them from behind and they just, like I see, I, w- I would see all the what ifs and he would barely even be watching them. And so God put us together because I, f- I think there's a middle ground. You can't just, and I tell him this all the time, you can't just take it for granted. And I think that's something that Christians do a lot is we just, we get mad at God when our kid falls and breaks their arm because, hey, I thought they were protected. And it was just like, well, did you even talk to God as you pulled into the park? Did you check in with him? He knows what's going to happen. So did you out loud, did you say, okay, guys, Father, we just thank you that we can come to the park today. I pray a prayer of protection around us as a family. Pray that you would lead us and guide us by your spirit. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. And you go and, and then you go. Then you go and you play. You you let them play. Yeah. And then you know that you have applied God's, you know, the blessing. You've you yeah. have applied it. And anything that would come against it. If I pray that prayer and my kids my kid gets stung by a bee, I'll be mad. Mm. I'll be mad. And I don't get mad at God. Because it's just useless. He's always right. So frustrating. (laughs) Um, So frustrating and so comforting. Um, But I'll be like, uh, no, no, no. My kids don't get stung by bees in the name of Jesus. Bees are a blessing to us. They give us the good things, and they do not sting us in Jesus' name. In 22 years of parenting and eight children, I think only one of them has been stung by a bee once. Is that accurate? I feel like it was Noelle. Noelle, did you get stung by a bee once? Okay. Well, it's like a no. Um, so, I mean, that's just one of the things. I have a couple of them. Asthma. I remember praying. No. In the name of Jesus, my children will not have asthma or allergies. Now, allergies try to come up, and I just keep, Lord, what do I need to do? And that's what it is. Instead of being afraid that my kids are going to have allergies, or else just flippantly being like, my kids won't have allergies in the name of Jesus. Here, eat your Doritos and do whatever, you know, immune system, ah, you're blessed. I don't think you can do that either because science and, you know, physiology is God created our immune systems in a certain way. And he has, he knows perhaps that one or the other one needs whatever they need something. And he knows. So really there's this coming to God and, um, saying, okay, my kids will not have asthma in the name of Jesus, or my kids will not have allergies in the name of Jesus. So I have one whose skin just loves to get these weird rashes. And I know that it's histamine related. I know that it's immune system related. And so I take authority in Jesus' name. I reference back to when I prayed that prayer so long ago. I stand on that prayer and I say, Lord, what are we doing? What do I do? What do do I need to do here? I will not relent. I'm not going to just say, oh, well, she has allergies. Heck no. I'm going to fight it. 
But there's things my kids get, like if they get the flu, I don't know. I've never stood in authority. Maybe I should, Mm. but I always just like, well, you're human and we live on the earth. So go watch some movies and rest for a couple days, you know? Um, But I think there's this balance that we, we've come to this center ground where he watches a little more closely and is more intentional about praying so that I can rest and not be in fear. Mm. The way I can rest at the playground is that prayer. I pray it out loud, and then I hold God accountable to it. (laughs) You want to make God happy? Hold him accountable to his word. Mm. I just think it thrills him. You said. So when Eva was choking on an apple at 11 months old, and she was turning gray, and she was drooling, she wasn't getting oxygen to her brain, and she could get little bits of air. You could hear a little flutter. Um, When that was happening... I wasn't home and I I got home and I walked in the house and he handed this baby to me. That was the color of death. I mean, she was, she was the color of a gray sky. It was terrifying, Mm. but he handed, he handed that baby to me and the entire drive to get home. The Lord said so clearly, do not fear. And I knew, I knew that it was not a suggestion I knew that her life depended on me staying out of fear. Now, that doesn't mean I was, it doesn't mean I, okay, what does it mean? It means I drove the speed limit-ish, as much as I ever do, on purpose. I refused to speed because what would I do if I was deathly afraid? I would speed like a maniac. So I'm not going to do that. I I held my actions to a state of not being afraid. And the devil tormented me the entire way down Route 90. Mm. If you were a good mother, you would have pedal to the metal right now. What kind of mother are you? Mm. An ambulance went the other way. Your daughter should be an ambulance right now. Like all of this torment. And the more he did it, the more I knew how important it was not to fear. Mm. And so I pulled in the mobile home and I stopped to get the mail. Because you know why? That's what I would do if I wasn't afraid. If you weren't in fear, you'd stop. Now, granted, I had not seen the baby yet, so that made it a little easier. I had not seen her face. Uh, He told me, she's getting air, but you need to come home. You need to come home. I was like, okay, okay. Um, And I started asking him questions, and he's like, just come home. I was like, okay. Um, So I stopped to get the mail, and then I pulled in the parking pad, and I took all my packages out, and I walked in the house and set them down. So I held my actions to that which I would do if I wasn't afraid. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so I walk in the house and he hands me this baby and he walked away and I'm holding her and I turned around and I started walking toward the door of our office. I I think to go on the internet. I think that's where I was headed. Um, I did not have a smartphone at the time. Um, What are we talking? 2010. We're talking in 2010. Um, And I took two steps towards the door, and in my spirit, no. So I literally, the door's right here. I turned back around, and I said, I need wisdom. I need wisdom now in the name of Jesus. I said it out loud. I said it like, that's fine. You want me not to fear? That's fine, buddy. You don't want me to go to the internet? That's fine. Well, then... I need wisdom and I need it now in the name of Jesus. And that's what your book says. So y'all better get it and give it to me. I need it now. That is what I was saying. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, I, there was no joking about it. I was not nice. I wasn't mean, but I just was like, let's go then. And as soon as the words left my mouth, she threw up on me. And there was that little piece of apple. It was just paper thin and it was cut like, um, the shape of it was like a piece of pineapple is cut. It's like a fan shape. It's called the forbidden shape in our home. You're never allowed to cut fruit. If it's a pineapple, you've got to cut it in a different shape. I never want to see that shape fruit again (laughs) in my home. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it, but it's the forbidden shape. And all my kids know it. Like, no, you got to cut that. So... Um, and the, the crisis was over. I set her on the floor on purpose so that she would cry. And I mean, all the color came back in and all the pinkness came back in. Um, but I, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and that's a pretty dramatic example. But it taught us how to not worry yeah. and to not fear. Yeah. And then after it was over, I mean, we were wiped. And I was just like, maybe we should have called 911. <laughs> and it just didn't occur to us. Right. We saw it as a spiritual battle. I'm not, telling, I'm not saying that's what you should do, for right. goodness sakes. When I cried out for wisdom, I'm going to be honest. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Tell me what to do. What we do next. Like, right. tell me what to do. And that is what I was thinking. Like, do I put her in the car and race to the hospital? Do I call 911? You know, do I dunk her in water? I don't know. Like, just tell me what to do. And he did. I mean, he just took care of it for me. Yeah. And, um, and taught me. I just learned so much about about the enemy, about he will come. And fear, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And fear was the enemy that day. Fear was coming to take the life of my daughter, whose name is Eva, whose name means life. Fear was the enemy. Fear was the problem that day. And the Lord led us. And when it was all over, I looked up to heaven and was like, what made you think that we were ready for that? I don't feel like we were ready for that kind of a test at all but there was eva alive and well yeah so and just how you, we've told a bit of that story in the in the past but it's interesting when we're get, talking about the stuff about walking in faith and hearing from god and i don't know if you guys know this or not but the lord actually warned me about how i was cutting the apples before i fed them to eva and it was, I mean, it literally was, as I was cutting the apples, I felt the Holy Spirit say, does Liz ever cut them in that shape? That's it. That's all I heard. Or does Liz ever feed the baby out? Or does feed the baby out? Whatever it was, there was this, the Holy Spirit warned me. And interestingly enough, why we talk so much about hearing from God and a relationship with God and hearing, because he loves you and he cares for you and he does give warning signs. He does, and, and I'm so, I've become, that situation has helped me to become more attuned. Now, I don't get it right all the time. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, I screwed it up again and did something, and now i got to deal with it because the Holy Spirit told me not to do something, and guess what? I did it anyway. And now i got to unwind this whole thing and all this drama and dramatics are going to come from it. Nothing to do with the church, by the way. But I have to go deal with that because I'm in But the Holy Spirit warned me. And it was in the beginning of our journey of learning to hear from God and what does his voice sound like. And sometimes he asks us questions. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, does Liz ever feed the baby baby apples? And I was like, eh, it'll be all right. You know, and that's a red flag warning. If you feel something in your spirit, a pause in some way, do not blow past it. And if you get this, eh, it'll be all right, this cavalier, prideful attitude, like, eh, 
I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, and nothing's going to come against me. And you begin to like walk in the authority of God, but the Holy Spirit is like, I'm sending you, you're on the top of the house, and your, 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 your house is flooding, and the helicopter's coming. You're like, no, 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 I don't need the helicopter, God's going to save me. No, 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 I don't need the helicopter, the boat, I don't need you to save me, God's going to save me. And God's like, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to help you. And so this, this way of hearing from God and understanding His voice and hearing His voice, we have to have a relationship with Him. Right. It has to be when He calls, you hear His voice and you know what His voice is. And what it sounds like. And if I call Liz, she hears my voice and she knows that it's me. Of course, caller ID says it too. But if she didn't have caller ID, right? we know each other's voice. And the importance of that, that story is so great because it shows... Man, the Holy Spirit warned us we missed it. Eva choked, but he was still faithful, as he always is, to redeem and to restore and to help us in our time of need, even when we miss it. Because guess what, guys? You're not going to get it perfect every time. And I've been walking this journey of hearing from God for many, 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 many years, and a few weeks ago, I totally missed it. And I had a pause in my... You ever get the pause in your spirit? If you don't, I would suggest that you ask the Lord to begin to dig in and show you what that looks like. But it was a pause in my spirit that said, don't do that. It's like, yeah, it's fine. These other people want it. They, it's going to be okay. Eh, it's going to be all right. Guess what? It's not all right. <laughs> yeah, it is not all right. I'm dealing with this thing that's out there that I'm just, I, my, my reaction is I want to kick myself. Right? Don't you guys, right, when you make a mistake, I don't know if you're like that, like, he told me, I had the pause, I did it anyway, and now I'm suffering for it. Come on, Jason. Right now I'm not blaming God. Come on, Jason, what are you doing? And I stopped myself, I said, realize, okay, I can't change what's already happened. I can only change my actions moving forward. And my prayer went from, instead of beating myself up, my prayer now was, Lord, I screwed up. You know it. You warned me. I appreciate that. Now you've got to help me get out of this. You have to help me get out of the situation in which I got into it. Will you help me? And I know that he will, and he is. How do you know? Because he's good. Because he's good. Because and he's done it. He's merciful. That's right. Um, because he's merciful. So we talked about prayer. Um, we talked about prayer, and we went into do not worry. And how not to worry is that you have to become practiced in prayer. Mm-hmm. And not, dear Heavenly Father, prayers, but, Lord, is this okay? Or, God, as we go into the park, I pray that you would lead and guide us. It's, it's just speaking with him and including him throughout your day. And if you think that it's optional. So it's funny because I'm going to tell a story, and I don't want it. I, it can lead you into fear because the enemy can twist. And then you can be fearful. Like, and we've, we've done this. <gasps> If I don't hear from God, like bad things could happen. And so you become paralyzed where you're just like, is it okay if we eat ice cream tonight? Right. You know, or is it mm-hmm. like you become paralyzed? Um, so I don't want that to happen, but I want you to know that prayer is not optional, that the enemy is prowling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting in a dentist chair and we were trying to get pregnant. And this, we had three little girls and we were trying to get pregnant, which we never usually had to try super hard. Um, and I was in the dentist chair and... It's just like, it was just like a passing thought. Uh, and I think he was going to take, he was going to take out a filling and make him do a new one because the filling was old or whatever. And the thought was, is this okay if you're pregnant? 
And so I asked the question. I was like, is this okay to do if I would be pregnant? He's like, well, there's a tiny chance that it could cause a miscarriage, but, you know, it's safe. It's fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said okay because I didn't want to look weird. I didn't want to get up and be like, well, let's, I'm here, you know, but I'm going to leave and not get this done. Like, I just didn't want to be inconvenient. I didn't want to do the, all the actions that would, I don't know, it was just easier. It was passive. Mm. So it's not always prideful, although it can be. And the eh is part of it. Eh, it'll be okay. Like somehow that, that noise is like, that's the red flag for me. Um, and it wasn't okay. I was pregnant early. I didn't know yet that I was pregnant. I found out like a week later and I miscarried that baby at like five or six weeks. And then I got pregnant right away again. And I only carried that baby for maybe eight or 10 weeks. And it was like, whatever he did, my body you know, was processing out some of the toxins, I think, that was from that filling. And it took me over a year to get pregnant with Eva. And so there were some really, those were some really heavy consequences. And I carried those because I knew what I heard. I knew what I heard. And I knew that I disregarded it. And those consequences were very, very real. But I, it did not make me fearful. It made me determined. Yeah. I am going to learn how to hear from God and be yeah. very clear. I want to be very clear when it's him and very clear when it's him versus when it's fear. Fear will mimic the voice of God. Don't go to that restaurant. You're all going to get food poisoning. Well, that's not God. How do I know? Because fear is attached to it. God does not say, he didn't say, don't get that filling taken out. Your baby's going to die. That's right. God doesn't ever say the last part. That's why we train our children to obey. Because we need to hear the voice and obey without knowing the consequences. He wants obedience. He, the voice of God will never, he'll just say, don't go. He will never say, don't go. Something bad is going to happen. When you, if you hear that part, that's fear. That's right. Don't even listen to it. You should go and have fun. <laughs> you should go. If, if fear's trying to keep you from going, this is what I do. <laughs> if, yeah. if fear's trying to keep me from going somewhere, and I re as soon as I recognize it and I go through my, um, my, how I recognize fear, I, as soon as I recognize fear, if fear's trying to keep me yeah. from inviting the Rodneys over for dinner, like, oh, they're going to not like you or they won't like you. If fear starts talking to me about something, and I recognize it. I'm like, Psh, you guys want to come over? How about right now? Like fear, the devil's worried about something. He doesn't want us flying to North Carolina. He doesn't want us going to a marriage conference. So all this fear about leaving the kids home. Well, how are they going to, what if I just saw real about this horrible thing that happened? What, you know, fear. And I'm just like, okay, we're going now, you know, now we're definitely going. So I rebel against fear. I rebel against worry. I was not, that is not for me. That is not for me. I feel like we could sit up. I see what time it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could sit up here and we could talk and really go into these things for hours. I mean, I just, there's so much here. There's so much nuance um, to not allowing fear to dictate your actions yeah. and yet not being on this side, not being cavalier, yeah. like not being like, oh, I can eat buckets of fried chicken every day for my whole life and be fine. Like, that's not wise. Yeah. So I don't know why I choose that example, but whatever. Like, there is, like, the guide rails of wisdom, yeah. the guide rails of the word. Um, but I, f I feel like there's so yeah, much we, more. And maybe we'll do more in the coming weeks on it. But let me, I'll sort of end maybe with a, a very practical example 
of how this looks and what this looks like in operation. You know, it's a very simple one, and maybe this could be a takeaway for you guys. And again, back to that question, the takeaway is, is what would I be doing if I didn't fear at all? And so when we drive in the car somewhere and we go on a trip, of course, all of our children, not of course, maybe you don't know this, but our children have to wear their seatbelts. And there's a, there's a process, I would say, in our family on how it works when we're taking a trip. So here's how, here's how it will look. Hey, Mom, I dropped my snack on the floor and I can't reach it. Can I unstrap? Liz says, I don't know. Hold on a second. And she looks at me and we say, let's pray. Lord, can the children Just take a minute? Take a second. You don't have to rush. We take a second. Lord, is it okay if whoever it was, Ruby, unstraps her seatbelt to go grab her snack? Now, the Lord knows what's coming. The Lord knows if there's something that's going to happen or I'm going to come to an intersection. I'm going to have to slam on the brakes. and He knows all that. And so we ask, we seek him, we pause for a second. And we're led by peace. Led by peace. And we say, sometimes yes, right. sometimes no. Most of the time it's yes. Mm-hmm. But there will be times where I'm like, mm-hmm. Hold on just one second, babe. Just let it babe, hold on just one second. And I don't know what it is. I'll never, sometimes I never get to know or see what it is or whatever it might be, but I say, uh-uh, just hold on one more minute. And then we say, okay, babe, you can go grab your snack now. And she goes and gets her snack and then straps back in. And that's just sort of a practical example of how do you live this out on a day-to-day basis is, yeah, we don't want to walk in fear, but we want to use wisdom. We need to hear from the Lord to say, how do we act in a certain situation? Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, guys, let's pray this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you, Lord. We thank you that you are a good, good Father. God, we just thank you for every attribute of your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your wisdom, Father, your, your justice, your holiness, all the things of who you are that never change, Lord. We just thank you for those. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you care for us and that you don't want us to walk in fear, but to walk in faith and in trust in you. So, Father, I just pray over each and every one of us who is sitting here and even watching online this morning, Lord, that you would just, Father, just speak to our hearts and show us areas in which we truly are acting and walking out fear and anxiety in our lives. And Lord, that you would show that to us and and that we would recognize it, Lord, and we would begin to choose to act differently, like we trust who you are, Mm -hmm. that we would act as if you are who you say you are because you have always shown that to be true. Lord, that our actions would line up with our words. Father, and that we would just be able to, leaving today, to be more attuned to your voice. Lord, help each and every one of us to, as we spend time with you, as we pray, as we read the word, whatever it is that we do to spend time with you, Lord, even if it's while we're driving in the car, Lord, that we would just become practiced and understanding, hearing your voice. And Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. Lord, we just give you all the honor and the praise and the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Guys, as we close today, we're going to have a couple teams up here that will be able to pray with you. If you've got a prayer request for anything at all, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. I would encourage you to come up and get prayer uh, this morning. Was this helpful? Is this helpful to you guys? 
Because you guys are why we're up here. You know that, right? That's right. We pray for you guys. We want to equip you guys and empower you and do practices, do things the way we preach, the way we teach, the way we share. They're all meant to help each and every one of you grow and refine your skills, um, recognize the enemy, learn how to pray, be more bold in prayer. So if this helps you, we want to know that because then, you know, we'll keep doing it. Okay, let me just read a benediction over you guys. Uh, the prayer teams will come up. Second Peter, uh, verse 1. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness to our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord and Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. And amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you guys. See you tonight for those who are coming back to groups.